Hello and welcome to Perfected Properties, the show that takes your downgraded domiciles and turns them into good things. I'm your host, Alan Keyes, and as usual, we've had a good fettle around a family home. The owner hasn't arrived yet, so I thought I'd give you a quick sneaky peek at what we've done with the place. Come on in! Right then, uh, just mind the eviction notice on the door. We put that there. The theme is shabby chic, you see. You just need to duck under the police tape. It isn't condemned, really. That'll just keep the Jehovah's Witnesses away, at least. So anyway, as you can see, we're big fans of open-plan rooms on the show. That's why these walls have crumbled into interesting piles on the floor. Rubble's very in at the moment. You'll also notice that most of the furniture has been replaced with used needles and sleeping bags too. This used to be a nice place. I mean, it still is. It's meant to look like this, of course. And as we move into the porch, you'll see an interesting design on the wall there. Big Sigh Wazir 2013. An acknowledgement to the previous owner, and a lovely nod to the extensive history of this property. It's touches like this that show our design team's attention to detail. Now, we would show you the basement at this point, but we're just waiting for it to dry out after we um, tried to put in a pool. So instead, let's try upstairs. So here we attempted to make the area a lot more airy, hence why the roof is caved in um, in several places. Just step over there, the, the dead horse there. Mind that lance too. Now, there's no glass in any of these windows, which is just as well because there's no working toilet since we cut the water off. Our family will be able to urinate out of the window without having to worry about splashback. And over here? Oh, that must be our family now. Let's go and welcome them in. Welcome to your dream home. Alan Keyes. Yes? I'm PC Jones, and this is my colleague PC Pritchard. We've had a report that you've entered this property illegally. What? No, that's that's not right. Th this is my house. Used to be. Come on, Alan. You were evicted six years ago. I... I... Get out! We have this every single week, Alan. We can't keep doing this, now can we? They cancelled my show. Six times. The bastards. Yes, yes, they're all bastards. Come on, then. Come with us and you can have a cell for the night. Will there be a bed? Yes. Then I'll go. But not before I've said goodbye to the place. Fine. Go ahead. <clears throat> See you, you big pile of shite. Right. Off we pop. Oh, hang on. Before we go... I seem to have a letter here. Let me let me just open this.
Okay, let's see. Um, I've won a holiday to the Lehman Islands. Well, when you looks in, you looks in. I guess I won't be needing that jail cell after all, officer. Fuck you. Holiday. It will be. This advert was paid for by the illegitimate tax holdings that are held by the Lehman Island Tourist Board. Hey, ma'am. Come down to the Lehman Islands. There's no tax to pay, man. Just bring your Ray Ban. Hey, man. You'll get a great tan. That's not from a spray can. Soak up those rays, man. Hey, man. Go and ask your char man. Where's the best place to play, man? And he'll tell you. Play. Man. Islands. Come in. Could you close the door behind you? Please, take a seat. Okay. I'm sure you know why I've called you in today. I have no idea. This. The suggestion box? Yes. The suggestion box is an employee privilege. I don't like it when people abuse their privileges in my office. But I wasn't. I merely made some sensible suggestions. Is that so? So, you think this is a sensible suggestion? All employees to have comfier desks to make them easier to sleep on. What's wrong with that? It's a legitimate concern of mine. So you're seriously advocating sleeping in the office on company time? Well, when I've been up drinking all night, sometimes it's nice to come into the office for a little shut-eye. I'm going to pretend you're joking. And what about this one? Sleeping bags to be provided in the break room. Oh, yes. That'd be great, thanks. I'll go and tell the others. What? No. This is your suggestion as I'm reading back to you. I know. Great idea, isn't it? I take full credit. No, what I mean is, it's a terrible suggestion. Hey. Do, Do you really expect the company to pay you to come and sleep here? Well, we do work for a mattress wholesaler. When I joined, I figured it would already be a perk of the job. You're you're deluded. Do you seriously think the partners are going to go for these suggestions? Well, maybe not all of them. But there are some really dynamite ideas coming up that you might go for. Such as... All employees to be given non-clacky keyboards. I mean, I don't even know why you would suggest this. Well, when Natalie's typing... A fingernails tap on the keys. Keystrokes are already pretty loud when you're trying to snooze, so I figured we could reduce the noise pollution in the office. So you want to punish people for typing at work? Not punish. Just give everyone soft, unclacky keyboards, please. And I don't even know where to start with your last one. Tell Natalie to shut up. Yes. She's always talking about her goldfish, Jamie or something. That's her baby. We had a collection for her. Right. Anyway, she talks about him all the time and it's really impacting my ability to sleep. That's the point I'm making. You shouldn't be sleeping. What? This is a violation of my workers' rights. Workers' rights? This is gross negligence. 
I should fire you right now, but I... Well, if that's the way you feel, I'll take my suggestion box and leave. This is the company suggestion box. Then I'll be taking my mug instead. The mug that you bought from home that says, don't talk to me until I've had my snooze. That's the one. You'll be sorry. Look, let's just take this down a step. Just calm down. We're not firing you yet. Just sit down, please. I will never be silenced. Even when I'm sleeping, I'll be snoring. Look, when you're awake, your work is good. Great, even. Perhaps we can let you off with a warning and overlook this whole situation. Okay. Right. That's good. That could work. Just don't let me catch you sleeping at work again. No deal! Goodbye, stupid office! Why did you throw your mug at the wall? I told you to be sorry. Hey, old me ducks. A welcome cheese show. My name's Jim Moss, and please welcome Mum Curdle Touch, Mr Lester Chernsdale. Hello, Jim. It's lovely to be here. However, I was rather hoping to meet Hugh. Yeah, Hugh can't be here today. He said he were having a hysterectomy or something. So you'll have to make do with me instead. Oh, right. Can we sniff some cheeses yet? In a sec, Lester. We don't want to peek too early. Speak for yourself. First, let's introduce some of your cheeses that you've picked out. Oi! Get on with it! <sighs> Honestly, you just can't get stuff. Now what's this, son? Please, Jim. Don't sully them with your hands. You'll dilute their fragrance. I'm the host and I'll do what I like. <gasps> Jim, please. I brought in some special cheese glass. Fine. Give me your big girl's blouse. Shall I give you my first pick, Jim? Go on, then. Right. First up is a particularly sharp golden glansberg. This is a blue cheese, as you can probably tell from the aroma. <sighs> Ugh. Smells like an unwashed arsehole. Mmm. That's just the ticket. Ah. Lester, you all right? Fantastic. So, does it taste as bad as it stinks? Oh no, you don't eat a cheese like this, Jim. This cheese is for smelling. Eh? So what's the point? Let me put it this way. Have you ever used a Glade plug-in? Nah, waste of money if you ask me. The wife will sometimes light a few joysticks for when we have company round. Or if I've sullied porcelain thrown again, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, so... The way your wife uses joysticks, I use blue cheeses. So you just have them sitting around in the corner of your room? Oh yes, in every corner. Text all sorts, I suppose. Moving on. I also have a salty piece of chiropodist scrape bag that you must absolutely smell. Ugh, ugh. I can smell it from here. It smells like my socks after a fun run through sewerage plant. 
Isn't it great? Mm, yes. <laughs> oh, you're a little too into this. I'm just passionate about what I do. Sniffing cheese is what you do for a living. I'm a respected cheese critic for the custodian. Well, you're losing all your credibility here today. Shall I present my last cheese? Well, looking down, it looks like you're presenting more than just cheese. Here it is. The most alluring of all the cheeses. An ape's cleft? Not just any ape's cleft. This particular piece was cured in an Italian monastery. During the thirties, monks have been tending to this cheese for decades. And now it's here with us today. Is it actually safe to be near it? Guy who brought it in had hazmat suit on. That's why it's currently in this sealed container. But if I open it... Put it back in! Yes. 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 What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, God. Oh, God. Fill up my nostrils, you dirty little minx. Right. <laughs> That's enough. Get out. Go on. Take your damn cheese with you. Go on. Sling your bloody hook. Go on. Can I just have a second to clean up? No. Sling your bloody hook. Go on. Piss off. Um, <coughs> and while we crack all windows open in studio, we'll draw the show to a close. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us here today, and... Can I help you? We've got the studio booked. We're recording cheese show right now. Well, we're booked in here to do the pie show. <laughs> On second thought, you can keep it. Honestly, you'd think Grub Network could have more than one studio. Right. All papers have now been handed out. The time is... 11.59, so we'll begin at 11 o'clock sharp. If you haven't received a paper, now is the time to say so. Please make sure to fill in your full name in the box provided on the front of your paper. You will need a pen, ruler, protractor and a compass for this exam. This is a non-calculator paper, so make sure you do not have a calculator on your desk at any point during the examination. OK, you may now turn your papers over and begin. You have one and a half hours to complete the exam. Good luck. Please remember, if you require a spare pen or anything else during the exam, raise your hand and someone will come to you. This is a no-talking examination, so do not call over a member of staff. Do they still make dolly mixtures, I wonder?
I haven't had any of those for years. At what point does a shoe become a boot? I mean, ladies have shoe boots, but what are the defining characteristics? Is a tree just a fat herb? If a synchronised swimmer drowns, do all the other synchronised swimmers have to drown too? These are just some of the questions I have had time to ponder since my wife left me. I just can't stand the silences. Hello, and welcome to the start of your holiday. No doubt you're looking forward to loading yourself up on mind-altering poisons before loudly shouting at waiters at your chosen destination. But before you do, please take note of these helpful safety tips. Firstly, in the event we perform an emergency landing over a raging ocean, you'll find your life jacket under your seat. The life jacket will be tightly connected to the seat, with its tendrils wrapped firmly around your chair legs. You'll find some delicious snacks in the pocket in the seat in front, which can be used to lure the life jacket out. May I suggest trying the Temptation Bacon or the Enticing Jerky? Each life jacket has unique likes and dislikes, so you may need to try a number of flavour combinations in order to lure the jacket out. Once it's out in the open, you need to act fast. Pounce on it straight away. Like so. Now, don't be afraid to put your full weight on the jacket. They're really quite robust. Once you have subdued the jacket, place your arms through the fleshy lobes like so. This will startle the jacket, and these lobes will snap shut around your torso. Don't worry, this is just a survival reflex and doesn't harm the jacket at all. Once on and secured, the life jacket will start to calm down. At this point, you may feel a slight tingling sensation akin to pins and needles. This is nothing to be alarmed about. The life jacket is merely extending its tubules into your respiratory system. And as an added bonus, this will increase your lung capacity should you find yourself underwater for any period of time. In order to inflate the life jacket, simply tug on the fleshy orbs and the creature will puff up like so. Should you need to give more air, give them another tug. You can also blow into this tube. This doesn't inflate the jacket, it just likes it. At this point, you may find yourself sharing haptic feedback responses with the life jacket. You may see what the jacket sees, feel what it feels. This is perfectly normal. You may find the jacket is difficult to take off at this stage. But don't worry, it will fall off naturally after it has used its ovipositor to deliver a payload of eggs. You will find that all sensory responses will return to normal after 72 hours, although you may have a lingering appetite for cured meats for the rest of your days. Should you spot the life jacket attempting to split its membranes and release gelatinous liquids across the gantry, please inform a member of the cabin crew immediately. If you're at sea, 
and you need to signal a rescue boat, you can encourage it to flash its bioluminescent flesh bags. There is also a whistle of sorts. If you strike the life jacket rather sharply, like so, it will emit an ear-piercing shriek that will alert any nearby rescuer to your plight. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your trip with British Flightways. So, yes, we're going to have all this knocked through, uh, planning to get the space opened up. Sorry, here, here I am gassing, I haven't even offered you a drink. What can I get you? Oh, uh, just a glass of water, please. <laughs> Wait, we've got tea and coffee. Just the water, thanks. I think we could probably dig out some cocoa if you fancy. Really, I... Oh, got, got some eggnog back here. Uh... Oh, Herbaltine. I'm really just after a cold drink. Really, water would be absolutely lovely. Yeah. We've got orange or lemon squash, barley water. Oh, did you say water? No, barley water. Oh. Skim milk, semi-skimmed, full cream and jersey cream. That's a lot of milk. Yes. Which would you prefer? Oh, no, 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 no. I'd just like a glass of water, please. Lemonade, limeade, orangeade, cherryade, cream soda, dandelion and burdock, cola. Can I, can I just get to the tap? Sarsaparilla, root beer, ginger ale. Really, all I want is a glass of water. Oh, to go with the elderflower cordial. We've just run out. I'll pop to the shop, I'll not be long. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't do that on my account, please. Honestly, I'll just have water, it's fine. Let me just pour you one out. It's a shame to waste it, people in other countries are going thirsty. I'm going thirsty, I just want a glass of water. Beer? Hello, boys and girls, I'm Tick. And I'm Tok. It's time for Time Tower. Seriously, what's that beeping noise? It's really distracting. It's a bomb! Who or what was that? That's Sweephand. He's second-hand replacement since that unfortunate accident. It's a bomb! What? Say it again, Sweephand. Yes, we can't understand a word you're saying. For Christ's sake! Can we call him Sweep for short? I don't see why not. It's not like anyone will sue us. Except Happy Carpet! Who? Try speaking slowly, Sweep. We can't pick up a single word. Is Yes. This. Yes. Better. Yes, it is better. It certainly is. Now, we forgot to mention that there is a toll for coming through here. We don't have time for that. What? You've done it again, Sweep. We. Yes. Don't. Yes. Have. Yes. Time. We don't have time. For what? Do you know something about this beeping noise? Yes. Ah. Yes. Bomb. Oh, it's a bomb. That's what you were trying to say all along. <laughs> oh, good work, lads. Bomb. Wait, did you say a bomb? Who could possibly want to bomb us? We're such lovable characters. Hurry. Yes, lead on. Wait, wait, you want to try and disarm it? Of course. If it explodes, we could end up all sooty. And we could end up all dead? No way. We have to go. Let's go. Here it is. 
Someone has turned Time Town into a ticking time bomb. Well, it's nothing to do with me. Do you know how to disarm a bomb? No. Do you? No. Sweep. My hands are too small. But you know how to do it? Yes. Then talk me through it. Talk? Uh, are you sure you can do this? I can do this. There's no need for alarm. We're all going to die. Looks like Alarm hands off to his bunker. I might just join him. No, I need you here to keep me calm. Wires! Wires, yes. There are wires on the back, yes. Blue! Yes, there's a blue one. Do I cut the blue one? Yes! Okay, here goes. Get it right, Talk. Phew, we've done it. But why is it still ticking? More! We have to cut more. I don't think my trousers can take it. Yellow? Yellow. Yellow, yes. Here's a yellow one. So I have to cut this one. No! Then why even mention it? Yeah, if I cut that one, we'd have been fried like scampi. Green! Let's see. This one? It looks more mint than green to me. This must be it. Should I cut it? Look at that one! Cut that one. Okay. Chug it, 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 chug it. Way! Now yo, come on. Down in one, down in one, down in one. Ah, you shit, and you know you are your shit, and you know you are. Best work dude we've ever had. This. When's pizza coming? Probably be ages yet. I have to have an extra kebab, mate, and an extra egg on it. Good shout. Another round? Does the shit pop in the woods? Of course. But they're still young. This is flight PB-18 requesting landing permission. Over. Who are you? Who are you? I repeat, this is flight PB-18 coming in for landing. Please advise. Over. Oh, aye. Go on, then. I bet you can't guess which landing strip you need to land on. (laughs) Please advise. No clues. Go on, mate. Have a guess. Control, please provide clear instruction. We're closing in on strip B. Please advise. It might be free. (laughs) It might not. (laughs) Because you'll have to take your chance. Control, this is a serious matter. Fuel tanks are running low. We cannot circle back around. Please advise if strip B is clear for landing. Oh, look. They're loading that Airbus up over there. Oh, nice. God, check out the baggage on that. Control, please advise. Turn that down, would you? I think I cut him off. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Forfeit. Forfeit. All right, already. Down in one? Down in one. Oh. <laughs> Way! Now, where were we? Oggling the baggage conveyor. Oh yeah! Get your bags out! Get your bags out! Get your bags out! Get your bags out! What was that? Hey! <laughs> Not that again. Thought you turned it off. You turned it off.
No, you did. Control, this is flight TT8006. We have a code 15 here. We have reports of a bomb stowed away on board. No, it was definitely you who tried to turn it off. Piss off, mate. Oh, wait, was me. Ah, <laughs> forfeit, forfeit. Control, do you copy? Chug it, chug it, chug it, chug it, chug it. At the tone, the time will be 13.45. Of course, no one's around to hear it anymore. No one ever calls me. The last caller I actually had was four years ago. And that was a wrong number. It turned out to be some deeply spoken chap asking me what I was wearing. Very sordid state of affairs indeed. At the tone, the time will be... of no concern whatsoever to the lack of people listening right now. I wish I could just nip to the shop and grab a bag of wheat crunchies. I wonder if they even do them anymore. But I've got to keep the desk manned, just in case. Out of the blue, someone were to call. So here I have to stay, day after day, reciting the time, over and over, alone. At the tone, it will be yet another minute of infinite nothingness. Speaking clock was an odd idea in the first place. People have always had loads of different ways to tell the time in their home. Clocks, watches, VCRs, oven timers, teletext, Parsons brackets, then computers, mobile phones, tablets, the internet. Nearly every electronic device in the world has some sort of functionality that displays the time. The last thing people want to do is ring a premium rate number to get the time. We used to provide a valuable service to the blind, but now any device can read out the time for you. You can just say, Alexa, watch the time. And she'll tell you without even needing to pick up the receiver. At the tone, it will be yet another sad state of affairs. I wish I hadn't applied for this position. I used to be someone. I had friends. I had relationships. Now, here I am, abandoned in this breeze-block box room, forgotten. Every day I half expect someone to burst through the door and say, It's over. We're shutting you down. To be frank, it would be a relief. Day after day, I stare through the ventilation slats on the door. Watching for approaching shadows. They never arrive. At the turn, it will be the continuation of my bleak existence. Rightio, let's move along to number 16. What invention do you have to show us? Give it down. Snoozing. I'm here to judge your invention. Oh, okay. Uh, here it is. A box? It's a stress box. When you're feeling stressed, you simply put it over Natalie, or whoever it is that's making you stressed. Instant relaxation.
And why does it have the words suggestion box printed on the side? Oh, yeah. Hold on a sec. There we are. Stress box. It clearly says so. You could prove it works by placing it over your own head, but even then I don't think it's a worthy winner. What? Right then, moving on. Booth 17, what inventiveness do you have to show us today? Good afternoon, chummy. I'm Hugh Lunchengrau, from the esteemed radio programme The Etiquette Show. I am here today to unveil the future of gentlemanly propriety, the hat doffer. It just looks like a small car jack. Indeed. When affixed toward the back of the scalp thusly, a short tap of this button springs the device into life, causing one's hat to doff when in the presence of a lady. Hmm. Impressive, is it not? I am currently working on the Mark II, which will include a lady sensor, finally making automatic hat doffing a reality. Rightio. The device is god-awful, but that seems to be par for the course around these parts. You're in good company. If you're not fond of that one, I also have the proletariat version, known as the Forelock Tucker. One invention per contestant, please. We have standards to maintain. Very poor standards, admittedly, but standards are the same. Next! Number 18. What do we have here, then? John. John Huntsman. Not who do we have here. What do we have here? What? 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 Or should I say, negative what? This is the dark bulb. It looks like a normal bulb to me. Ah, but as you can see, if I hook it up to this circuit, see? Negative light is being admitted. That's because you've forgotten to turn it on. No, that's not true. Close your eyes for a second and you'll get the full effect. (sighs) Very well. How long should I keep them shut? (coughs) 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 Stop him! Stop him, he took my wallet! (sighs) He got me right in the stomach. Nevertheless, uh, the show must go on. Number 19, you're up. Show us your invention. Growing, showing, luscious, locks flowing, never needs mowing, though wrinkles get hoeing. Insufficient? Solution. Maxiofacial, hirsutinationable, temporalings, reductionized, glacial apparent, apply to bald jowl, liberal slap. Curative, assurative. Hair growth serum, eh? Does it work? Observatorium's my skull front shroud. Does it work elsewhere? Pon table clout and oven grind matriculations, slatherweight. Well, I think we've found our winner, unless our last booth has something extraordinary. Let's find out. Number 20. What have you got to show us? And make it snappy, I have some serum to apply. Behold, an explosive device guaranteed to level a conference hall. It looks like a disassembled clock. That's just so I can transport it easily. I see. And what are these panicking little clock hands about? Nothing. Nothing at all. Say, would you like a demonstration? No, not really, thank you. 
I need to get on and announce our winner. Oh, okay. I've got a flight to catch anyway. See ya. Right, that's all the inventions seen and judged. It now gives me great pleasure to announce the winner of this year's Invention Convention 2018 is... That's Beardy Inventor Guy. Positroviums! Speculation, accumulation, celebration! Yep. Anyway, you've won our first prize, a weekend in a travel lodge outside Bognor Regis. And for the rest of you losers, you're all joint runners-up. And as such, your consolation prize is an all-expenses-paid flight to the Lehman Islands, including meals and accommodation, to think about what you've done. The plane leaves immediately. Go now. Now, where's that sim? You join us at a very crucial moment on this desert island. I'm Dan Smavers. And I'm Rick Hiccup. And let me tell you, Dan, these plane crash survivors are starting to get really hungry. That's right, Rick. This group have resorted to cannibalism in order to survive. That's right, Dan. You have to watch your back at all times because you never know when someone's going to... Uh... Ah! That's right, Dan. Everybody, dinner is served. Dear God, we've resorted to savagery. But if you think I'm going to eat a man's intestines without my awful fork, you're sorely mistaken. All right, it's your loss, mate. Jim, I know you're an uncouth cretin who is an affront to polite society, but I thought I'd taught you better than this. You what? And remember to wear the appropriate shame cosy on your head, dear God. Dennis! Have you tried one of those bloody toes? I have. They're not as nice as, the, as this eyeball popper, let me tell you. The thighs are a little tough, though. Just look at the veins and pretend it's a nice block of Stilton. Smells a bit like Stilton, too. Are you talking about your stumps again? Oh, great. Are we eating that stupid oh. announcer? Just as I planned. That's right, uh, whoever you are. I've psychically erased your memory so you'll never know that it was I who planned this whole cannibalism party. No, I just never cared enough to ask your name. Just don't fall asleep, that's all I'm saying. Speaking of sleep, this announcer's going to check on the shelter. How's the renovations going? <laughs> Alan! Oh, hi, yeah, didn't see you there. I was just busy knocking these walls through. I got a little sick of the whole bamboo vibe, you see. There's nothing left, Alan. That's right. I was hoping to instill a flat 2D aspect to the space. I think it's really opened up the shelter to the elements, bringing a certain freshness to it. Where are we going to sleep, Alan? Well, me and my team will be working through the night to get everything ready. What team? My, uh... I... They're around here somewhere. Come on, get this cock down here. I thought it was his finger. Get on with it. I always hope the first time I heard those words, she wouldn't be talking about a dead man's willy. What is wrong with you? Man up, piss pants. I only eat things that are in pie form anyway. I won't touch it unless it's covered in pastry. Oh, look at me. I won't put a corpse's wang in my mouth. That's pretty much the gist of it, yes. Wait, everyone. My bionic eyes can see a ship on the horizon. We're saved! Light the fire and make some noise. Hey! 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 Hey!
Rescuing and come aboard me hearties. You're <coughs> my finest catch yet. Redefine the words comedy, podcast, and aubergine. This is a behind the scenes look expose on this, that, and the other. The show which launched a thousand new characters onto an unsuspecting largely indifferent world. In this documentary, we'll get an exclusive look at the creative process and what goes on inside the heads of the show's creators, Adam and Patrick. I've prepared a special dance for the listeners at home. Shut up. I'm so so sorry about him. Please continue. Oh, so you're embarrassing me now? It's not that. I just think you could perhaps stop trying to introduce dance routines everywhere. I am a conduit for the rhythm. I allow it to take me where it needs to go. No one cares. Of course they do. I'm the star of the show, after all. You know, people mainly tune in for my astoundingly accurate regional accents, right? Well, they don't tune in for your face! You know I'm sensitive about that. My teachers always said I had a face for radio. And a voice for mime artistry. The bloody hell you think you're doing? As you can tell, tensions often run high during the creation of the show. I sat down with both the creators earlier for a frank one-on-one interview with them both. Separately, of course. Firstly... How did you two meet? <laughs> when I first met him on Twitter, he was really popular. And he looked like this really upper-class bloke. He was wearing some sort of cravat and had his hair combed and everything. I honestly thought I shouldn't get too close, otherwise he might bring his posh mates round and burn £50 notes in my face. He made me laugh quite a few times on the internet. He used to blow smoke up my ass quite a lot, and I liked it. I was listless at the time and wanted to create something, so I approached him about doing some sketch writing together, and it just kind of ballooned from there, really. It quickly became established that I was the true artist in the scenario. He just wanted to do with characters in his own voice. He barely changed a thing from that hideous pan-northern draw he's got going on. I often worry that his performance drags mine down a lot. It's actually quite difficult to pull a truly dramatic performance out when you're working with a person who's more wooden than Pinocchio's porn stash. I mean, I'm obviously the vocally gifted one out of us two. Did you hear my performance in Time Town? Being a method actor, I had to wear a spiked vice around, um, you know, to, to reach those vocal heights. I'm the one who's willing to go to such great lengths for my art, and let me tell you about the damage it did to my length. He's always putting knob jokes into everything. At first I humoured him, but when he kept insisting on inserting these parts, I threatened to pull out. So, what kind of working dynamic do you have? I think it's fair to say that our scripts are 95% my words. The show is 95% my ideas, obviously. How idle is he? Well, he's supposed to be in this interview right now but he's actually asleep. Claims he's dreaming up new ideas. I asked him where the scripts were that he was working on, and he just did one of his stupid voices and claimed not to know who I was. Then there was a time he brought a pedal car into the recording studio with a projector on the front of it. Every performance that day was him trying to feed me homemade popcorn covered in food dye. Avant-garde little shit. He's obsessed with darkness. I tend to go really deep with my characters. Always trying to find a sinister edge of some sort, a psychological trauma for the characters. He's definitely the evil one out of us. I'm always having to pull him back from the brink. If it was up to him, we'd be making an outright horror show, with penis jokes. Well, he usually starts with a pun. Take Night on the Tiles, for example. Then I have to think about the character. What was his upbringing? Has that affected him deeply? 
Was he abandoned as a child? That forced him to hone in on chivalrous acts as a way of making sense of the hatred he has towards his neglected parents. It's a complicated process, from my side at least. It completely changes my ideas. Then he forgets to put in lines that I've come up with. I always have to proofread everything he does, because I don't think he understands the briefs I give him. I don't think there's a single sketch where he hasn't run off with his own moronic direction. I think it's fair to say that I'm the one who gives the sketches an actual direction. He often has to write two different versions of each script because he got it wrong the first time. He spews nonsense into the ether. I have to pluck out the one or two nuggets that seem acceptable, and then I spin it into gold. I collate all of our ideas onto a big list, then I categorise it, set out the overarching plot lines for the entire series, and think about the world that we're creating at large. It's my design, technically. What about your comedic backgrounds? Are there any similarities? I find that when you first meet somebody, you start to focus on the differences before you eventually find the similarities. He likes we, I like poo. This dichotomy is often noticeable when the pair are on set. They always hire out a studio, costumes, makeup artists, the works. No expenses spared to create what is essentially an audio-only format show. However, creative differences often boil over, as we observe during several recording sessions. Well, you just don't sound like an hour hand. How does a bloody clock pounder sound? Not like that for a start. What the fuck's a parson's bracket? Did you add this to the script? No. I thought it was an idea that you were married to. You call my wife a fucking bracket! And jealousy often spills out in the ugliest of ways. What the hell is this? How have you managed to get a new car out of the budget? No, you're an expensive scandal. Midway through the first series, it became obvious that neither of their falsettos were convincing enough, so the pair reached out for help. Hi, I'm Sam. I was brought in quite late into production. And what was your role on the show? I initially came in as a voice artist, but it also became obvious early on that they needed a lot of technical help. Hey Sam, uh, why can't I log into the website? Do you mind? This is the middle of my interview. I need an adult. Have you remembered to type the W's this time? Remember? We talked about this. You need to type www dot before the address. <sighs> Would you like me to do it? Yes, please. So how do you cope with their staggering incompetency? Sometimes it's fun to exploit their stupidity and make them hurt themselves. I'm right here. I think we have a relevant clip. Let's take a listen. Alright, so, Adam, you need to stand next to this big red target, and Patrick, you fire the crossbow when you're ready. Are you sure this is safe? It's fine. Besides, you've got your protective gear on, haven't you? The hairnet? Yeah. Okay, then we're all set. I've never fired one of these before. Are you sure you're supposed to load it up with sharp knives? Those are professional knives, used only by the pros. And did I really have to paint a series of points on myself? Of course, silly. Now fire. Oh, was, was that supposed to happen? Can I have a plaster, please? Looks like you've got some mopping to do, Adam. I thought you said these were stunt knives. No, I said they were professional, used by professional chefs. Oh, right. I can't understand what went wrong then. Sometimes podcasting can be a dangerous profession. <laughs> Fun times. I don't like that clip. It's giving me phantom hand pain. I thought it was excellent. Can we play it again? Hmm. Maybe I'll go and crash Patrick's interview instead, then.
now then, where were we? Sorry, he's gone next door. Narratively, I have to go too, otherwise this whole link falls down. Go on then. You'll find nothing but idiocy there. So anyway, after my portrayal of Ian McStewart, the Academy basically stopped awarding vocal performances to other people because they knew it would never be bettered. Hey Patrick, I've come to disrupt your interview in a haphazard fashion. Wait, where's the documentary person? I thought she was with Sam. So who are you talking to then? Just a rehearsal. Unlike you, I tend to practice what I'm going to say before I say it. I'll just wing it. I'm very good at improv. That's where my best ideas come out. You've the worst ideas in your family's lineage since your parents decided that unprotected sex would cure the itching in their genitals. Hey, that sounded like an insult. But it was too quick-witted for you to understand. How long have you been practising it? About three months now. Sorry, I'm here. Now, Patrick, can you name one good thing about working on the show? The snack table's quite good. It's where we got the inspiration for Lieutenant Commander Offal. But it isn't all sunshine and daisies. Even with the dynamic of a third cast member on board, we observe some particularly ugly scenes during one dress rehearsal. Right, we all have our space uniforms, correct? You mean the one I had to bring from home? Yes. <clears throat> this one's a tight fit, Pat. Did you say this was one of your spares? No, that's my wife's. <laughs> so what, now I'm reduced to dressing up as your wife? It was always going to end this way. Just embrace it. I think it suits you. Sod this for a game of Space Marines. Where's the costume box gone? We have a costume box? And you made me bring my own costume? Trust me, you don't want to wear anything from that box. Parasites are the least of your problems in there. Oh, can't you throw it away? And leave poor Timmy Tick homeless. Is there anything in here that isn't a jumpsuit or a leotard? No. Fine, I'll go with this luminescent monstrosity and... Oh, what about these leg warmers? We're doing a sci-fi sketch. We'll set it in the 80s. You can't have a sci-fi sketch set in the past. What? They didn't have sci-fi in the 80s. Don't be decadist. Actually, never mind. You go ahead and put that on. What are you doing? Number one, it doesn't matter what costumes we wear because we're a podcast. And number two, I just want to see if you can get it on. Come on, come on. Oh, bollocks. It won't go anywhere near. Can, can we... We can't start the sketch until I've slimmed down into the character. And how long's that going to take? Not long. He can't do it anywhere. He's a self-proclaimed sultan of breakfast. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him eat anything that doesn't have the words maple bacon in it. I can easily lose weight. Watch. What are we watching? Look! I'm losing weight before your very eyes. You don't look any different. I'm shedding skin flakes. Particles of my body are falling off at a fair clip. That counts for something. Get on the scales, then. Let's see. No. This is a waste of time. Can we just write him out of the script? He's only the character at the back that nobody's supposed to like anyway. But I write the scripts. Hmm. Hand me that pen. I'll see what I can do. Done. He's out. Fine. But I get to keep these leg warmers. And did you wear those leg warmers again? Occasionally. But that just annoyed Timmy. After I recovered from Lyme's disease, I only wore them a couple of times more. Anyway... Didn't you say that was a particularly ugly scene? Yes, it involved you in a leotard. Oh, right. I thought you meant ugly in terms of on-set fights, because that actually pales in comparison to the one Patrick and Sam had that time. Okay, let's go again from the top. Why? What was wrong with that tick? Nothing major. I just think we should try it again, you know? 
We can read the lines with a different inflection and choose the best one. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a one-take actor. I get pitch perfect every single time. You mispronounced your character's name repeatedly. It's not my fault that someone chose a stupid, ambiguous name for my character. His name's Bob. Yes, but should I really crunch the end B, or should it be an elongated O? That would mean that your character's name is Boob. Exactly. What kind of an idiot is called Boob? Hence why we should do another take. Slave driver! I refuse. My character is called Boob now. I'm a Boob man and that's all there is to it. You're more of an asshole if you ask me. What did you say? I called you an asshole. What are you going to do about it? Refuse to do another take. That's what you were doing anyway. So I win. Ah! Look, if you do another take and get the character's name correct this time, you'll get more money. I will? Yeah. More takes equals more chargeable time spent on set. I've always been in favour of extra takes. I think we should do a hundred at least. Why don't we meet in the middle somewhere, say three or four? I'm an all-or-nothing kind of actor. From what I've seen, you're more of a nothing actor. And what's that supposed to mean? You're usually so off-script that you might as well not be saying anything at all. Did you even read the script beforehand? Did you? Of course not. It's drivel, but I can improvise. Let's see. First line, hello, bland and uninspired. However, if I switch it for pleasant greetings upon to thee, my companion of these fair veils, it really sets the scene. It's set in a phone shop. You don't think they have phone shops in the veils? That's not improvisation, that's just making shit up. And things weren't much friendlier during a planning session that we witnessed. We need material that we're passionate about. If we play to our indulgences, we can write detailed, loving sketches that will encourage us to give our all to the project. Plus, someone else out there might enjoy it too, even if it's niche. Why don't we go around the group and suggest something we're passionate about, then try and weave a sketch out of it? I'll go first. Nostalgia. Diversity. Sausages. Nostalgia, diversity, sausages. No, I don't think there's much we can do with that. Let's try again. Education. Crisps. Hip-hop. Educational crisps hip-hop. Can we be serious for a moment, please? This is a comedy podcast. I've got it. Got what? An educational rap about crisps. Give me a beat. From frazzles to quavers to monster munch, the only crisps I'll eat are the best of the bunch. But make sure that you stick to one bag a day. Always consult the packet for your GDA. Pretty good. If you happen to think the DK rap is the pinnacle of music. Can I do some handballing in the background? That wasn't one of your passions. Stop. That wasn't one of your passions. Stop. I'm a conduit for the rhythm. It really would add to the piece, though. I'm going to bring sausages back into it, then. Well, if he gets sausages, then I want diversity in it. The budget won't stretch to a dance group. Didn't you book Stomp for the rap party? I'll stomp you in a minute. What does that mean? Yeah, kill him. <laughs> kill? What oh, Jesus, where did that come from? He also booked Cirque du Soleil. Oh no, don't you try and deflect this onto me. Well, I don't know why you're looking at me like a psychopath. I'm not the one who keeps bringing a crossbow onto set. And I'm not the one who fired it. Well, you perforate someone's tendons once and you never hear the last of it. I may never grasp a tube again. As you can tell... A lot of time is wasted with petty bickering that spills over on set. However, that pales in comparison to the amount of time the team spend in the makeup chair. They hire a full team of makeup artists and prosthetics designers for every recording session, wasting hours upon hours getting ready for their scenes. Please make sure to even up my tone today, Patricia. Yesterday was like a scene from The Phantom of the Opera. I just feel that the rubber nose needs at least two freckles removing. It's really distracting me from my character. 
I'll go for the hot stone massage, followed by the sauna and the cucumber pedicure, whatever that is. And for God's sake, make sure you wash my merkin with lavender oil, otherwise it gets far too bristly. Lads, are we having Thai or Chinese today? Definitely Thai. Go for an 18 myself. I'll have the usual. Alright, so that's a 14, 18 and a 23, please, Alfonso. Uh, let's have a side order of 47.2. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That sits too heavily on my stomach. All right. Skip the 47, please. Uh, 30 minutes. Perfect. 30 minutes? But I'm starving to death. That'll take us up to our fourth hour in makeup, you know. In that case, I might get an hour in the deprivation tank, too. Just an hour, mind. Remember, we have that scene to record today. We do? You should have mentioned that before I did this. Did what? Hey! Get your glasses ready. So the team can be civil to each other while they are being pampered and the champagne is flowing. But some efforts to waste time end up a little more fractious. Thank you for coming along. I've set up this workshop to unleash your potential as actors. Now, I don't expect either of you to ever eclipse me on stage, and I know that's hard to hear, but at least we can raise this podcast out of the gutter somewhat. First, I want you both to do an impression of an ice cream corn. Oh no! I'm melting! Don't humour him, Adam. Pat, why do you think you should be taking this workshop? Because I'm a brilliant actor. You know I've actually studied acting before, right? You don't study acting. You either do it or you don't. It's like music, art or mathematics. Yes, you do. They offer courses and everything. All right then, little Miss Academia. Go ahead. Teach us about acting. Okay, that's better. Now, give me an impression of an ice cream cone. Oh Oh no! no! I'm melting! On rare occasions, the group actually sit down to record their scenes. I'd love to say that the team snap into professional mode, and a true work ethic emerges to win the day, but unfortunately, that's far from the case. Hello boys and girls, I'm Tick! And I'm Tok, it's time for Time Town. You haven't given me any lines? Oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, just pick a character you like and change the pronouns. Yeah, that'll really make me feel like I'm part of the team. Say, Tick, why don't we pay a visit to Mr... Mrs. Pendulum? Oh, okay, Tock. Hello, Mrs. Pendulum. What voice do you want for this? Whatever you want. I don't feel like you've put a lot of thought into this. I did. I thought long and hard about it at the time of writing, which was months ago. Uh, and I've forgotten it all now. You ball bag! Why didn't you write down some direction notes? Because... Because what? Because... It should be good. Because there, there was there was a distraction. Uh, a, a, man was a, a man was assassinated outside my house. It was the president. Where the hell do you live? A book depository, apparently. In Dallas? In the 60s. It's true. I swear. So, yeah, don't blame this on me. A great man died in my arms that day. That still doesn't give me any direction. Why don't you use that tragedy as inspiration for your character? Because the character is a talking pendulum that makes clock puns. Oh, no, no, no. Miss, Mrs. Pendulum is very dark. If you look at the subtext, there's a deep-seated trauma to the character. There is no subtext. It's just three lines about undulating back and forth. Yeah, the best lines. They are? I want to be Mrs. Pendulum. Does anyone know where I put the crossbow? Ah, props. Yeah, I'm inspired by the person behind that grassy knoll. And then there's the singing. Oh god, the singing. La 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 la. Me 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 me. You you you. Beautiful. Ready for the close harmony, guys? 
Ready? Let's do this. So, what are your favourite moments since you began working on this, that and the other? I would have to say the moment we wrapped Series 1. Definitely the end of Series 1. And why is that? I went on holiday for a few days. It was quite nice. I could go back to being a good person. Because my life had meaning again. And what about when you came back together for the start of Series 2? Hated it. Absolutely awful. I've had better days stranded at sea. More on that in a minute. But why are you lot so insistent on working together? I do it for the cash. Money. Moolah. But isn't it true that you've never made a single penny from the show? In fact, aren't you all deeply in debt? No, you're an expenses scandal. If that were true, why do my checks keep bouncing? That's a sign of a buoyant account, isn't it? And if we're so broke, who's paying you to make this documentary about us? That's... that's a very good point that I shall be looking into shortly. Anyway, so, all in all, this is a fruitless endeavour which does nothing for anyone involved, including the listeners? Pretty much, yeah. So why do you stick with it? Because, regardless of whatever happens, I'm proud of it. It's an expression of myself that's out there in the public eye, and that feels fantastic. Despite the arguments, tantrums and biting, I'm proud of everyone involved too. Nobody is forced to do anything for the show, so even the slightest bit of work they do makes me incredibly grateful. That sounded unusually sincere for you lot. What do you two think to that statement? It's alright, I guess. I've heard worse. Things seem to be getting awfully cordial up in here. Why didn't that come out earlier in the documentary? Because the whole thing is completely scripted for comic effect. So... So this isn't really reflective of your real personalities? We don't usually break out into song and dance routines in real life, you know. But isn't this just a massive betrayal of the audience's trust? Right. No more lines for you. That's better. Time for a celebration. Lads! Have a glass of water instead. Oh, for God's sake.